Thank you, guys. Well, uh, I was excited to get here this morning. And uh, glad to spend some time with the Lord alone while I was up here. If you'll take out your message notes. We're, uh, I think we're in part 11 of this series, Rethinking Your Life. In part B of how to win over persistent temptations. Last week, we, I told you we had nine. I went over five of them last week. Uh, the first one we said that you, you had to do to win over persistent temptations is to understand how temptation works. It starts with desire and moves to doubt and deception and then disobedience. It's always how it works. Then we had to figure out, we had to know what makes us vulnerable. It may be when we're tired, it may be when we're, we're discouraged, insecure, sad, but we gotta know when we're most vulnerable to these temptations if we're going to win out. Then we had to, uh, to know that we gotta learn my pattern of temptation. We, we got to ask the questions, when am I most tempted and, and where am I most tempted and who is with me when I'm most tempted and what's the temporary benefit if I give in and then how do I feel right before I get tempted. So we got to learn that pattern. Then after we learn that pattern, we got to plan to avoid those situations. Then the last one we looked at, looked at was, was to cry out to God and to quote scriptures. You see, scriptures are the sword of the Spirit. Now we'll move on and go straight to, to number six. I'll try not to keep you guys too long this morning. No use in sitting around in your pajamas all day. Number six, if we're to win out over persistent temptations, is this refocus my attention on something else. We've been, I've taught this for years and some of you are going to say, well, Jim, you taught that before. That's, that's okay. The reason why I teach things over and over is you still ain't doing it. Refocus my attention on something else. We've been taught that, that when we're tempted, we need to resist temptation. But nowhere in the Bible, does it say that? It says resist the tempter and, and, and resist the devil. But that's a whole different issue. That's done in a different way. But nowhere in the Bible does it say resist temptation. Why? Because whatever you resist persists. Whatever you resist persists. Anything that you resist means you're focusing on it. And when you're focusing on it, you're still being tempted. I don't want that. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Well, what you're doing is, and I'm doing is focusing on what we don't want. I'm going to tell you something somebody told me before. Whatever has your attention has you. That's worth writing down. Whatever has your attention has you. 
And I'm going to tell you, you're a goner. What I need to do and what you need to do is turn away and look at something else. We need to break that focus and refocus, not resisting, refocus. We need to turn our mind to something else. Just like TV, we got to turn the channel. I don't sit there and say, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want, I don't want this. Like we said last week, you can't control the thoughts that come into your mind, but you can change the channel. Turning the channel is the refocus in your life. And that's what repentance is, changing your mind. Romans 12, 21 says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil with good. This is called the principle of replacement. I don't just keep saying no, 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 no. Because if I do that, I'm focusing on the negative. So we got to give ourselves something positive to focus on. If our minds are filled with good thoughts, then we won't have any, any room for temptations and thoughts. Think on, the Bible tells us to think on these things that are which are right, that which are noble, helpful, and good. Great. You see, temptations start in our mind. James 1.15 says, temptation comes from the lure of our own inner desires. These evil desires leads to evil actions, and the action leads to death. Attention, arousal action attention arousal action first something gets our attention then our emotions kick in and then both of these lead to actions i want you to listen to this if you want to stop any bad habit in your life you don't stop the action you stop the attention and you stop the arousal stop the thoughts stop the emotions does that make sense? Nip it in the bud. Not going to think it, not going to feel it. Going to change the channel. Whatever gets your attention gets you. Give you an example. If I say something like, hey, you guys hungry? You guys hungry? Well, Jim, now that you mentioned it, I am. Now you can say, pause that, guys. I, I'm going to give me a piece of toast. Or I might say something like, man, it's cold in here. Well, you know, now that you mention it, it is kind of chilly. And here's what I really love when someone yawns. <sighs> <sighs> I know some of you yawn. I know some of you did that. Maybe everyone. Turn the channel. The more you think about something, the stronger it becomes in your life. And I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe everyone. But some of you have a secret sin. And it's getting stronger and stronger. 
And it's getting a stronger hold on you because you have become focused on it. The more you fight a feeling, the more it controls you. And fighting a feeling will never give you freedom. If you ignore it, it weakens. So don't fight it. Ignore it. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, we capture every thought and we make it obey Christ. I want to tell you something. That takes practice. That takes practice. When Satan comes to argue with you, never argue with the devil. You're going to lose. He's been arguing for, with human beings a very, very long time. When temptation calls, hang up. Refocus. Number seven is preventative. Join a small group for support. Join a small group for support. God wired us to need each other. If you're not in a small group, you're easy picking. You're easy picking for Satan. You're not in a pack. You're not protected by a group. You're alone. And Satan will pick you off like a sniper. And by the way, small groups of the church. This, this, this is a gathering that we do on the weekends. It's the small groups. It's kind of like our bodies. Our bodies, mine and your bodies aren't one big cell. Our bodies are, are, are made up of Thousands, maybe millions of cells. North Point Church is not, not one big cell. It's a bunch of, of little ones, small groups. And you need to get in a small group or you need to, to start one. Hebrews 10, 25 says, Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage each other all the more. Do you know what's going to happen when you get in a small group? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to discover that a lot of different people have the same problems as you do. Just about everybody is going through the same thing. That's why we love to celebrate recovery here. They walk in and say, oh, other people are afraid of this. Other people are struggling with this. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one who's hurting. I'm not the only one who, who has that habit. I'm not the only one who has that hang up. Here's what I know. Revealing your feelings is beginning of healing. When you reveal your feelings to someone, the tension starts to drop. James 5.16 says, Admit your faults to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We love Celebrate Recovery. We love small groups. Let me tell you something about this verse. And not everybody agrees with me, but it, it's the word. Don't think what I'm telling you. Think what the Word says. Let me, let me read it one more time. Admit your faults to each other and pray for each other 
so that you may be healed. Now, if you want to be forgiven, you just tell God. But if you want to be healed, you got to tell somebody else. God wired the world so that we get healed when we tell somebody else. Why? It's liberating. It's, it's freedom. The moment that you admit to someone what you're struggling with it, the grip that it has on you loosens up. The very moment, the moment that I tell someone else what I'm struggling with, I already got a victory over it. And I like victory. I like freedom. I like liberation. Here's something you really need to know. I want you to, to pull in close here. If you can't tell anybody what you're struggling with, it's already out of control in your life. I hope I got a bunch of amens from the recliners. Because you can't talk about it. I'm not saying you have to talk about it to everybody. Just one trusted friend or your small group. Because the moment you share it, you just got a lot of control over what's been out of control in your life. I want you to write this down right here. This is good. I don't know who said it. I'm not taking credit for it, but it's good. Hiding a hurt only intensifies it. Hiding a hurt only intensifies it. Wearing a mask makes you miserable and lonely. It's not just about, what am I trying to say? I'm not just asking you to admit when you sin, but also where you're being tempted. This is what I wrote on my, my Facebook page. If there was more confessions of temptations, there would be a lot less need for the confession of sin. So admit where you've been tempted. I'm going to say it one more time. If there was more confession of temptation, there would be a lot less need for the confession of sin. Guys, what I found out is we are, we are more likely to tell people our sins than our temptations. Or maybe that's just what comes across my office there. What I'm saying is get you a buddy. Guys, get a buddy that you can talk to. Ladies, get a, I guess, buddy. A, 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 a BFF. Somebody that you can talk to. Tell them about your temptations. Do this before you sin. Then you're far more likely not to fall for it. Start confessing early. We're all in the same boat. Here's what else I found out at, at my young age of 58. Confession is also empowering because God gives grace to the humble. And when you confess, you've been humbled, you get grace. That's empowering. And then you're given 
control over what you haven't had control over. Number eight, enlist one friend to share my struggle. Enlist one friend. Growth partner. You're not going to have victory by yourself. There are battles in your life that you're not going to win by yourself. And if you have one person that you can give permission to check up on you, whether it's your impatience, whether it's your hurt, whether it's your lust or pride or, or, or temper, when you enlist a friend, it cuts the struggle in half. Ecclesiastes 4 says, two are better than one. Because together, if one falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, there's no one to help him. So here's a question I've got to ask. And I hope this really resonates. Who checks up on you? Who checks up on you? Who have you given permission to check up on you and your spiritual life? Who have you invited into your life to help you grow? Who have you invited in your life to ask you those tough questions and you're not going to get bent out of shape about it? Who does that? Like, how are you doing with that temptation? How are you doing with that habitual area in your life where you keep stumbling? That's what friends do. You and I, we need that kind of people in our life. But here's the sad part. You know who I'm talking to. Some of you, some of you are going to die with the same habits that you've had for 30 years. Why? Because you never were serious about getting rid of them. You never were serious. Because if you were serious, you'd get a partner. You'd get a friend. You'd get a coach. You'd get a, a, a sponsor. Or, or an accountability partner. You never gave permission to anybody. Galatians 6.2 says, By helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love your neighbor as yourself. Last one. Remember, God is on my side. Remember, God is on your side. He's rooting for you. He's pulling for you. God wants you to win. And he'll pull out all the stops. He'll help you win if you let him. One of the greatest promises in the Bible is this next verse. When temptations come into your life, remember that they're no different from what others commonly experience. 
And God is faithful. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And also when you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you will be able to withstand it. So we're getting close to the end here. And if the band wants to come up, they can. But I want you to notice three or four things in this. First, I want you to notice this. Every, every temptation is common to everybody else. And here's the thing. If every temptation is common to everybody else, then there must be common solutions. The second thing I want you to notice is this. God is faithful. God is faithful even when we're not. The third thing I want you to notice about this verse is this. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. You're lying when you say, I couldn't help myself. It's just a law, a lie. Because he says, I won't let you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, we give thanks to God because he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The solution to the stuff that you want to fix in your life is not willpower. Because your will is not strong enough. You've, you've tried to break the habit. But the solution is he, Jesus Christ, is the victory. He is the victory. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's good news. That's the gospel. Now in closing, I want to tell you this. As we settle in, I don't know where you're at. I know where I used to be. And I know some of you are hurting real bad. But I want to tell you this. Change is possible. Change is possible. You and me, we don't have to stay the same. I like that. I guess what I want to tell you now, if you don't like me the way I am, hang on. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I want to tell you guys, whoever's listening, it's never too late to start over. God has promised to help. And today, May 17, 2020, you can start over. Change is possible. Change is possible. Let's practice a couple of these nine things this week. Let me pray for you. Oh, God, I thank you that no matter how far we've fallen, when we cry out to you, you pick us up. And you restore us. And Lord, you even give us more. So I pray that, that my folks here and the folks whoever is listening, 
who are battling these temptations. And that's, that's everyone. That they seek a group of people to join with. I pray that they find that one person that they can trust to tell them about their temptation so that they may be healed. I pray that we can confess temptations before we have to confess sins. Lord, I want to thank you again because I know, I know, I know, I know you are here. You are here. You are here. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.